Hallelujah. Woo. You may be seated. Wow. You good? So we'll have, I, you know, if I can, if I can shut up, we'll have a, we'll have a little response time at the end. I'd love it if you'd uh, think about responding uh, as we kind of move into this message. Uh, so that that's kind of in my heart, and uh, we'll give you opportunity for that. Amen. So that would be a good time. Also, you know, we'll have the prayer team up to the front as well, but. Uh, if you, you know, just anything you came believing God for today, uh, every one of us come out of some kind of uh, maybe situation where we need a breakthrough, uh, we're believing for a word or a touch from the Lord, amen? So some of us raise our hand for prayer, some of us uh, have that need, but we didn't express that need uh, because we're bashful or shy or didn't. You know, weren't, weren't so sure, or maybe you're newer today in our midst. And so uh, I just invite you as we have the prayer team up at the front afterwards that you, that you allow them to pray for you. Allow yourself to be encouraged in the Lord. Amen. And we're really in a, we're really in a, a, a progressive uh, uh, outpouring of the Spirit. We are in such a great season as a people and as a church, and I want you to, I want you to keep leaning into that, that, um, that, believe it or not, or whether you feel it or not, is what I should say. Uh, the Holy Spirit is doing amazing things in our midst, uh, and there, and, and some of this is just kind of you know getting in the water, right? Uh, so you know when the water stirs, you remember uh, Solomon's portico there, and and Jesus came along, and there was a guy that was lame, remember that? And uh, and so Jesus heals him, and, and, and he, you know, his commentary to the Lord was that, there, you know, there's been no one to help him get into the water. Every time that an angel of healing would stir up the water, uh, there was nobody to help him get in that water. And so others would beat him to the punch, so to speak, right? So we live, and we're, we're in such a crazy, wonderful time uh, where you can get into the water. And, and, and I think that's just a great way even to think of, you know, coming into a congregational gathering is, uh, I'm going to get into the water. You know, the worship starts, and, and uh, the anointing is present, uh, and... But what a great, what a great way for us just to frame our thinking is, uh, I want to get, I want to get in and be touched by the Lord. I want to be refreshed by the Lord. I, I want to, uh, I, I, I want to declare or show, you know, my dependency on Him. There's something powerful about us showing uh, our dependency on Him, and every one of us, uh, every one of us, the Holy Spirit is excited to meet us in that place. Amen? So just encourage you uh, that God is doing so many amazing things in our midst. And, and uh, we, we were uh, overjoyed to experience a bunch of that uh, during the summit. But that wasn't the end. Uh, I believe that these are like progressive things, right? We go from faith to faith. We go from glory to glory. There's progressions of his goodness. So even as we, you know, even as you come into an atmosphere like this, uh, I encourage you just to be in that receiving mode, right? So um, the Holy Spirit wants to meet you here. He really is in a good mood. He really loves you. Uh, even if you've messed up, is there anybody that's ever messed up in the building? So even if you've messed, I mean, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. And I really think good, uh, I really think the goodness of God uh, is one of his primary ways of getting rebellion and yuck out of us anyway. Because when he shows you his grace when you're still imperfect, it melts your heart to love him more. 
And so as we come into an atmosphere like this, no matter what's going on, whether you feel it or not, you know, just be receiving from him and, and be just verbalizing that as well, that, you, that you're receiving uh, his downloads. You're receiving goodness from him. You're receiving health in your body. You're receiving encouragement of mind. You're receiving a turnaround in negative circumstances. You're receiving restoration beyond the scope of what you've lost. Beyond the scope of what you've lost. Amen? So that's something we want to just have in our hearts is that that uh, if restoration is just restoring back to you what you've lost, then some of you, your restoration is going to be real small because you haven't lost much in your calculations. You know, you haven't called the Fife Police Department too many times or had too many things stolen. Restoration is getting you to where you've never been. Restoration is taking you beyond the scope of how you think that you've lost things. See, what you actually lost was all the way back to what Adam lost. And a lot of times we don't consider that our loss started with Adam. It didn't start on the day you were born. Are you following what I'm saying? So that restoration work that that Father's doing in your life is, uh, it is a, it's a full scope of restoring you to what was lost starting with Adam. And it's so rich, it's so good what he is doing in our lives. Can you say amen to that? I wanted to carry on in this theme about uh, destined for the throne a little bit, uh, specifically reflecting a little bit out of Johnny Enlow's messages, uh, which I thought were wonderful. And of course, he was speaking my love language. So, uh, you know, some of this stuff, it's, uh, it's the Dwayne love language. And so, you know, when some of these guys are talking, um, you know, it really feeds me. I hope it feeds you. You're here, so maybe it feeds you. Maybe we had similar love languages because uh, you keep coming back. But, uh, you know, it, it just stirs me to be around hope. It stirs me to be around uh, 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 a theology of hope. It stirs me to be around a perspective of hope for the future. Uh, and, and I think that most of us need that. I, I think most of us. Uh, most of us, we don't have inwardly at our core, we don't have this fatalism uh, uh, alive. We don't have this deep conviction we're going to die tomorrow or we should just uh, move to maybe one of the local avenues with a tarp and just give up. Uh, possibly find a creekside or a river bank somewhere and just live off the grid. I don't think that's I don't think that's really uh, a fire that's burning within most of us. I think most of us uh, uh, are looking for and feed on hope for tomorrow, and that's a God thing within you. That's a God thing within you. I I, I think you know, and I talk about this. You know, the very the very thing that makes you want to get well when you're sick. You know, most of us, when we get sick, it's not like, oh, thank God I'm sick. Tomorrow I die. You know, most of us are like, oh, man, this is not good that I'm sick. This is not good. I, I want to be well. Why do you want to be well? Because within you, there's a spark of hope for tomorrow. Within you, there's this innate deposit of God within you that health is good and sickness is not. And within you, there's this desire to fulfill that, that drive or that spark or that desire within you. You might, even before you present it to the Lord, you might. So, and I'm just saying that, that most of us feed on that. And so some of this seven mountain language that Johnny Enlow talked about, uh, I, I just love it. And I love the affirmation for the body of Christ. I love affirming you. God is affirming you. He talked about statistically only 3% of the population uh, is called to the mountain of religion, to vocational ministry, maybe 3%. Uh, we know with the children of Israel, it was only one tribe out of 12. So certainly we could say the majority of the tribes or the majority of people 
are not called vocationally to the mountain of religion. They're called to some other sphere of culture, some other place of influence. And, and you might be serving in that right now. And, and, and I love that God is passionate about that, that God has hope over that, that God rejoices. God rejoices over you serving in that place. God's excited about that. It's not like the Holy Spirit is just uh, running around on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Sunday morning, whatever, just running around looking for those called to the mountain of religion and making these anointed deposits upon them. And like everybody else, just passing over them. Oh, there's somebody, oh my goodness, they're working, you know, as an engineer, oh, that's foolish, all right. Oh my goodness, there's a real estate salesman. Oh, there's medicine in the hospitals. Yeah, that's not the Holy Spirit's. That's not what he's doing. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is energizing. He is seeking to make downloads, to lead, to guide, to give blessing, to give increase, to give influence, to give wisdom from above for all of you in your sphere of influence. Come on, come, uh, yes, come on. Do you believe that? He's so excited about you. He's so excited about you. And, and I believe that, that uh, and what I want to talk about today a little bit, is depopulating the tops of the mountains. Depopulating the tops of the mountains with that which is wicked. Johnny Enlow talked about that a depopulation has begun. That from Harvey Weinstein to, I mean, if you listen to the news, if you listen to some of the news, if you listen to some of the right news, if you listen to other than the fake news, I mean, every week there's some, every week there's some kind of a, right? So 250 girls were molested and harmed by this physician and and then this physician was protected and and girls came with truth and facts and and were dismissed well guess what now they're all being dismissed there is a depopulation happening in the mountains of culture right now and i think part of it is because there's been a shift in the body of christ there's a shift. Now, it's not a giant shift, but there's been a small shift within the body of Christ where we have begun to agree with God. We've begun to pray differently. We've begun to see differently. And there's, a, and there's an awakened body, by the way, rising up worldwide. There's an awakened body rising up in America. This is a in many ways, a non-denominational body of Christ that is knit together in these networks that here's what God is doing, that is reflecting what God is doing, that is saying and agreeing with what God is saying, and God is using, God is using this body to bring about shifting and changes in culture. Isn't that exciting? What in the world? What if, what, what if arts and entertainment starts producing? starts producing the joy it's supposed to produce? What if it starts producing the good influence that it's supposed to produce? What if arts and entertainment is like a media expression of the good news of heaven and it begins to, it begins to populate our screens and populate all that pertains to art and entertainment with that which brings pleasure and glory to God. What if that starts happening? Guess what? It's going to start happening. It's already started to happen. And I just think that this is where, this is where the majority shift of the Spirit of God is going. This is where the majority shift of the body of Christ is going. And I want to be right in the middle of what he's doing. 
I want to be right in the middle of what he's doing. And just as he is shifting things in education, just as he is shifting things in government, he is shifting all things. As he is doing this shift, I want to be a partner of that shift. He actually has a part for us to play in that shift as we acknowledge Jesus, the supreme man, the one who has inherited the earth. Let's go over to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 again. We've gone there several Sundays in a row. Pastor Chris beautifully started us off in that passage back before Christmas. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Uh, and uh, let's read that and the verses following. Now, I want to I sh- go here and I want to reflect on some of this because I want to, again, I want to bring emphasis to this idea that Jesus is exalted in his humanity, and his perfect humanity has given place for the exercise of his divinity with regard to those who walk with him and are knit to him and in agreement with him. We've become, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, we've become ambassadors of God ambassadors of God. We have become delegates of Jesus. We have become deputized by him. Isaiah 9, 6, for a child will be born to to us. Did that happen? A son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of what? Woo! I like that. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Some of, some translations say there will be no end to the increase of his government of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So I want us to think about this for a minute uh, because this speaks a lot to the government mountain very clearly. This speaks clearly to the government mountain. That this son is going to be given to us. This son is going to, he came as a man. He came as a human. Philippians chapter 2 says that he humbled himself even to the point of taking on humanity, taking on this position of human. So the son is given to us, but it says that the government will rest upon his shoulders. Now, we could go into that whole thing where uh, we are the body of Christ, and so in a practical way, government will actually be handed over to the body of Christ because the shoulders would represent a portion of then who he is in his exalted rule, in his rule over the earth and over humanity. So, but the son has been given, and, and I want you to see too, it says that there will be no end to the increase, no end to the increase of his government of peace or government and peace. So his government brings peace. He's the prince of peace. There will be no end to it. So in other words, on the day that he rose from the dead, or we might say on that day that he went up in the clouds, and he said, some of you will actually, some of you standing here will actually see the Son of Man ascend into his glory. On that day when he went up, and there were 500 witnesses, on that day that he went up, things were tumultuous, there was turmoil, and he said there's going to be some dark things that come, Matthew 23 and 24. So he said that there's going to be troubles that come. But what we get out of this kind of scripture is that progressively the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is growing. Progressively, this is what God's intention is, is that God wants the kingdom of heaven to grow. When the disciples said, how should should we pray? Lord, teach us how to pray. It's recorded. Dr. Luke wrote about it. Matthew wrote about it. Lord, teach us how to pray. When they, when they made that request, he declared this to them. He said, 
pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it, as it is in heaven. So, and when he said that, it was actually, we know this to be, that was, and you've heard me say some of these things before, some of this, it's just going to be refreshing your pure hearts. But we know that he said this as an imperative. Uh, it wasn't meant to be a sappy petition. It wasn't meant to be like a begging, pleading petition. It was meant to be a, an imperative, uh, thy kingdom come. Uh, it was literally, when you say the word come, uh, it, it's like it, it, it's better it felt as a shout than it is as a beg. Uh, it's better to be declared than it is to be cried. Because that was the inference of the tense in the Greek, that this was meant to be something that you, he was saying, pray this way, to lay hold of this. It, it, it kind of goes back to, uh, Matthew eleven twelve, the kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So there are a people who are entering into kingdom life, and they're actually involved in in bringing the kingdom, and and this kingdom life is an increasing kingdom. In other words. No matter what you see, if we think about the mountains of culture, the spheres of culture, if we think about that, no matter what you see today, you can have an increase of that tomorrow, an increase of goodness, in other words, an increase of the kingdom. So you look at your family, and things look kind of bleak right here, and you have troubles with your family, troubles, and I'm just, like in a microcosm, I'm just cooking this down like to your microcosm of family. You can, you, can, you can get involved in bringing the kingdom as you declare the kingdom come over your family. So this is, and again, these waters are, these waters are stirred. All you've all you got to do is get out in these waters. These waters are literally, acti- there's kingdom waters activated for you. All you've got to do is just partner with God to begin to see transformation. And, and that engagement uh, goes back a bit to Matthew 6, 9. Uh, so that's, that's where we want to think, well, God's up to increase. This is, there's a progressive increase going on. This is God's will. Now, you might say, well, I haven't seen a lot of that. Well, sometimes we don't see a progressive increase because we haven't filled our hearts and our mouths with that perspective. And even as a church, this is interesting, but as a church for a long time now, uh, maybe uh, 100 years or more, we have been filling our mouths with contradictions to the increase of his kingdom instead of agreement with the increase of his kingdom. If we're saying something that's totally different than what God is saying, then can God do what he, he's a a faith God. Anybody check that out later? He's a faith God. If we're doing something, if we're saying something that's totally, if if the only thing that we believe as a church people, as as a body if the only thing that we believe is prospering in this age is salvation, then that's all we'll get is salvations. God can't work around your faith and just do crazy things anyway. If we believe that, that Satan's taking over education, that will, be, that will become our perspective. And, and the way we talk and the way we pray will be, it may be, it may be petition-oriented, Lord, help us. But what we'll do, we'll end up creating our own schools, we'll end up, we'll end up giving education away, we'll end up not getting involved in anything practically, be it school boards, PTA, uh, teaching, etc. I mean, we, we just, we'll, we'll just give that away, Right? 
because we believe that we don't belong there. But God's trying to say, you do belong there. You are the, you're the salt and the light there, too. You're the salt and the light of government. You're the salt and the light of education. You're the salt and the light of media. You're the salt and the light of every one of these spheres of influence. And Father needs us engaging and engaging with faith, engaging with passion, engaging, and, and we can have a confidence that we can engage with the dominion of the heart of the Lord because as the supreme man, when, when he, when, and he declared this in Matthew 18, 19 and following, you remember this? Um, I don't have it written in my notes. But uh, he said, all authority has been given to me. Is that right? And, and, and he didn't mean like uh, all authority uh, except for education. There's some bad stuff coming in education. I, I want to be honest with you right now. There's really nothing you can do about it. It's going to get real bad. Our universities are just going to get really messed up and and uh, there's going to be like, you know, humanism and uh, evolution that comes in. And I, I just want to warn you now, those demons are actually bigger than me. So I, I just want to encourage you that there's nothing that we can really do about that. Nothing you can do. Uh, most authority has been given to me is what I meant to say. Uh, that's what I meant to say. And so just, you know, when you see those things happening, you know, just take heart that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And uh, that you'll get out of here pretty soon. You'll get out of here soon. Just hold the fort. Hold the fort. Hold the fort and encourage one another all the more, you know. Yep. Because uh, some of these, some of these, whoa, uh, some of these, they're hairy, they're big, they got claws. Some of these spirits are just gigantic. Oh, seven foot ten. Whoa. Oh, I'm just little old Jesus. <laughs> but listen, you're going to get some people saved in the process. It's going to be all right. We have to we have to see that you know back to Daniel chapter two and I looked in the night visions and I saw one like the Son of Man coming and he came before the Ancient of Days and he was presented before him and he was given a kingdom that men that people that tribes that nations that all should acknowledge him that all should bow that all should reverence him. And this, this is what we want to, if, if we want hope for tomorrow, this is how we have to posture, begin to posture our hearts. Begin to posture our hearts in agreement with the supreme man is rightfully ruling. I, I got this revelation on this, and I started praying different about government. I started praying like in defense of Jesus. I started praying in defense of Jesus. I started declaring things like in defense of Jesus. If I'm the only mouth he's got in the earth and I know that he's supreme and I know that he's the Lord of the government and I know that that means that, that there's some people that need to be fired. That means that the Antichrist, we've often thought of the Antichrist spirit. First John 4 talks about the Antichrist spirit. But we've often thought the Antichrist spirit only hung out in church. You know, he is the Messiah. He is, he is the Lord of all things. And when he was raised up and presented before the Father and the sacrifice of his blood was presented, it was presented in his perfect humanity that he might become the representative head of a, a last Adam people. So that we would actually, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, 21 through 23, that we would be actually or Ephesians chapter 1, 21 through 23, that we would actually be seated with him in heavenly places. So there comes a shift. I, and so I'm, I'm his mouth in the earth, and he's actually in charge. Jesus, the perfect man, is in charge, and then he's imparted or given to me participation in his divine power because when he was presented before the Father as the perfect man, then Father 
bestowed upon him a full inheritance, and he entered into the fullness of his godhood. So he exists. You're asking me, how does all this work? I don't know. But he's fully God and he's fully man. So when we access him who is the divine human, and by the way, if he, if he wouldn't have come as a man, he couldn't have done what he did for us because the earth had been given to the sons of men. Psalm 115, we've talked about this. The earth has been given to the sons of men. We have the lease agreement here. So he had to come and overcome Satan in his humanity, not in his divinity. So now when we come into covenant with him and we partner with him, there, there's this amazing thing that happens. And, and I got this download that, that in prayer, we actually become like defense agents. And I could understand this in a microcosm because we do this in deliverance ministry all the time in a microcosm. That is with with one another, and I do it over myself. Hey, that doesn't belong here. The Lord says it has to go. The Lord dismisses you. Bad thought. Bad influence. You that's contrary to my new nature, you have to go. So I'm really, I'm really practiced in dismissing Things that don't belong to the ruler of my heart. I'm really good at dismissing things that thoughts, attitudes, perspectives. I'm not saying this in a braggardly way, by the way. I'm not, that isn't what I'm trying to say. Don't go there. I'm just trying to say I practice this. I practice dismissing stuff that doesn't belong in my heart and my head. How about you? So, And I've just learned not to mess with it, not to get in condemnation over it, not to give it a lot of thought, not to meditate on it, not to listen to it, not to yield to it, not to think, oh, that's my identity. No, this is not my identity. I just learned to just get rid of it. You got to go. Jesus dismisses you. Why? Because he's the Lord over my heart. He's the Lord over my life. He's the Lord over my heart. He's the Lord over my thinking. He's the Lord over every category of my life. So the Lord dismisses you. You got to go, right? In Acts chapter 9, verse 34, this is, this is how healing was manifested. Acts chapter 9, verse 34. There was a declaration. I don't know if we can pull it up, but we maybe could. There was a declaration. Ananias, the Lord makes you well. The Lord makes you well. The Lord heals you. By the way, I'm not a healer. Are you a healer? I, I can't heal people. But the supreme one can heal. The supreme one can make well. And I'm, I'm just dropping this down in your hearts a little bit, that when we bring forth some of this vernacular of agreement, when we start processing, uh, the Lord depopulates the wicked out of the mountains of influence. We're, when we talk that way, when we pray that way, when we proclaim that way, when we, when we, what's making a shift right there is all at once, we're praying from heaven instead of praying to heaven. Now, I want to encourage you, if you read the Old Testament, you've read the Old Testament, and you, you, you've spent some time in, in the Old Covenant, uh, the Old co- there is a shift. I, I just want to encourage you, there is a shift. And Paul, Paul labors hard to try to help us understand this shift, but we don't necessarily always get it. Uh, we're still kind of held, hindered, uh, bottlenecked a, a little bit by religion. Did we get that? I don't know if you got it. Acts 9.34, you got it? Let's read it. Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. Now, that's interesting. He actually uses the Lord's power, the Lord's authority, the Lord's name as a prophetic proclamation, and the guy was healed. So we could conclude a few things if we think about some of this, and I can't cover it all this morning, but, but as you study and think about this, we can conclude some things that, that when you bring forth speech that agrees with what God is up to, 
and you attach the Lord to that speech, then God actually honors that speech. Now, that sounds crazy, but he does. Because you are his mouth in the earth. He doesn't have a mouth other than yours. And it's through the word in your mouth that he stabilizes, that he shifts, that he changes, that he rearranges, that he moves things, that he even releases healing. What if Peter would not have said that over Ananias? What if he wouldn't have said that? No healing would have been released that day. What in the world gave him the right, the authority, the braggardly, what, who does he think he is? The Lord Jesus makes you well. The Lord Jesus heals you. What? How bold is that? You can just throw the name of the Lord around like that? Yes, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can declare what you will and it shall be done. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I know that scripture, that scripture is not declare, that scripture is ask. I'm just a beggar, I'm just a pauper, I'm just a petitioner, that's all I am, just kind of moseying my way through life. Really? That's part of our problem is the translators chose the word ask in John 15, 7 and 8. The translators chose the word ask, but they could have chose require. They could have chosen desire. They could have chosen the word crave. Let's go there, John 15. Are you still here? Are you okay? I'm just talking to you a little bit about, uh, and, 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 and I was trying to take you just for a moment to shift uh, your perspective on prayer. If you have spent time in the Old Covenant, and you've read of the Old Covenant, then you understand that in the Old Covenant time period, they were praying to heaven. They weren't praying from heaven. We've let our religious practices be shaped by Old Covenant experience, theology, and observation when the Lord has done a new work and He's seated us in Christ in heavenly places, and when we see, understand, discern, and abide in His Word and His will, we are speaking, we're proclaiming, we're declaring from heaven, not to heaven. We're praying from heaven. How many of you know it makes a big difference? Up here, I'm not a pauper. Up here, I'm not a worm. Up here, I'm not hopeless. Up here, I'm not just a petitioner. Up here, I'm not, uh, I'm not without power or ability. Up here, it's, it's totally different. Fact is, I could probably say to somebody, the Lord Jesus makes you well, and just that proclamation would release healing in their body. Because I'm not doing it from down here as a petitioner. Over here as a petitioner, I'm asking God, Lord, would you make this person well? Lord, would you heal this person? Lord, would you touch this person? And I'm praying toward heaven, and I'm trying to pull something out of heaven. But over here, I'm abiding in heaven. Over here, I have my citizenship in heaven. Over here, I'm, I've been brought in, and I'm one with Jesus, and I'm seated already. And, and I'm seated in the one who in Hebrews chapter 2, he says, sit here until I make all your enemies your footstool. And he says, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be subduing, uh, 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 subduing all of mankind's enemies. In fact, is Isaiah 61, what Jesus quoted when he started his ministry, ends with, oh, and by the way, a day of vengeance on all of the enemies. The enemies of who? These enemies that have been ravishing people. God loves people. God is in love with people, and he absolutely hates the work of Satan against people. He hates sickness and disease. He hates calamity. He hates poverty. He hates... And so we, we can make a shift as we just begin to declare things. 
we just begin to declare things over these these mountains. As you begin to declare things over your family, John 15, 5. We doing okay? You still here? I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them, cast them into the fire, and they're burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, by the way, we've taken, the translator shows the word ask, and by the way, we've taken the word ask, and we've actually made that a daily practice for about 2,000 years, uh, or certainly since the King James Bible was written and the translators chose that word. Uh, but for the most part, we have not seen the fruit of what God intended because we've been asking when we should have been from heaven declaring and proclaiming. Because when you know God's will, when you know God's desire, when he's already dropped it down into your heart, you don't need to spend hours trying to talk him in to what he already tried to talk you into. You become the releasing agent in prayer out of heaven, out of where you're seated. You become the releasing agent of that transformational power, grace, or shift, or change as you declare that. The mountain of media, media is shifting right now. Jesus Christ is depopulating the wicked, the mafia hold, the unclean influences that have been holding the power of media in this nation. Giving you an example. That's an example. That's an, and by the way, I believe it, and that's how I pray. This is Jeremiah chapter 1 and verses 9 and following, right? I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to put my word in your mouth. And with, with my word, you're going to pluck up, overthrow, and destroy evil. How? I'm going to put my words. Well, I don't want to say those things. Well, I don't really believe that. Well, I don't think that's true. Well, I, don't, I have not seen that. I have not seen that happening. I've seen just things getting worse and worse and worse. Well, what have you been saying? I just, I've been saying things are getting worse and worse and worse. And, 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 and it's coming to pass. It's, everything I've been saying has been coming. What what'd you just say? Everything I've been saying has been coming to pass. Oh. And you, as a delegate of Jesus, hold all authority in the earth. Maybe if you would shift and start talking like he's talking and saying what he's saying, even just talking out of Matthew 28, 18, talking out of Matthew 18, 19, talking out of Matthew 16, 19, all authority has been given to me. Now go, therefore, and disciple the nations. Go, therefore, and change the nations. Go and change the nations. So we've been asking, but again, that's a, I just think it's a translator's error. Now, I could prove it to you if we had more hours, but I believe it's a translator's error. And if you will just go home and open up your concordance, your Strong's Concordance, and look up the word ask right there. It's G-154 is the Greek lettering for the, it's G-154 in your Strong's Concordance. And if you'll look that up, you'll see that the other renderings that they could have chosen for that word are desire, require, Crave, call for. Christians can require things. Well, if you know God's will, and you're a deputy of Jesus in the earth, and if we just go back to government, we could go to government. But he says, he says in Micah 4, and he says in Isaiah 2, that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. And all of those who inhabit all of the other mountains of culture will come to the mountain of the house of the Lord. And they will say, teach us your ways. Lead us, teach us. And it says, for the law of the Lord will come out of Zion, out of this mountain, the house of the Lord, 
the law of love, the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord is going to proceed out of the mountain of the Lord. This is the chief mountain. But every mountain is to come under the influence of him who is the redeemer, him who is the superior man, him who has inherited the earth, him who is the last Adam, him who has all power and authority over Satan. Let's stand this morning. So, so we get in, we, we actually, we actually get the privilege of seeing things shift and change right where you're at. The community you live in, the business you work for. Do we have, uh, can we put up that um, Seven Mountain illustration? I don't know if you've got it. So on a micro scale, on a microsm scale, uh, thinking about deliverance ministry, you know, uh, we know to dismiss things that aren't of God, don't we? If we take that to a macro scale, can't we do that over our culture? Can't you do that at your job site? Can't you do that, and can't we do that over our cities, over our communities? What in the world will happen as we begin to say, unclean influence is no longer welcome, Jesus dismisses unclean influence out of finance, out of fiscal policy, out of all that pertains to the development of wealth in our nation. Jesus dismisses. Jesus dismisses fraud. Jesus dismisses theft. We just begin to declare this. Over our, over our personal spaces, our vocations and our personal spaces, but we begin to declare this over our nation. Now all at once we become the partners with him. And then we begin to say, the righteous, isn't this what the proverb says? When the wicked rule, the people groan. I know 250 women who groaned for a long time. Because some wicked doctor was abusing them and nobody was doing anything about it. When the wicked rule, the people groan. But when the righteous rule, when the righteous, so this is what we're, this is what we're declaring as a people. We're going to see a shift across our nation. The righteous are promoted. The righteous are elevated. The righteous have access to influence. The righteous have favor. The righteous are invading every high, high place in culture. The righteous are invading government. The righteous are invading. Jesus is pushing the righteous to the forefront. The government will be on his shoulders. When somebody's actually contrary to Jesus, they're actually offending their employer. They're actually expressing things in these cultural mountains that is contrary to their employer. Jesus is the boss of the earth. So as his defense agent, you know, I, I can just say, wickedness is dismissed out of these realms. Jesus is dismissing wickedness. I want you to pray with me. Would you just put your hands up this morning? I know this is one of the very, very simple, practical ways that every one of us can begin to partner with Jesus for changing our culture, changing this nation. It's going to grow, it's going to grow, it's going to grow, it's going to increase. Of the increase of his government of peace, there shall be no end. Of the increase of his government of peace, there shall be no end. This is growing. 
want to be in agreement with what he's growing. This is what he's growing. This is taking revival into reformation. We are reformers. We are reformers. We're first reformers in the spirit realm. Why? Because our battle is not with flesh and blood. I'm not going to go down to Tacoma Dome and wave banners that everybody's going to hell. Our battle, first of all, is in the spirit realm. We're not battling people. We're not mad at people. We don't hate people. We're battling with principalities, powers, wickedness in the spirit realm. And if we just say what Jesus is saying, the Lord drives this unclean out. The Lord lifts up the righteous. The Lord builds up. The Lord, the Lord is reestablishing joy in arts and entertainment. Good news in media. Wisdom in education. Peace through government. As we just say, as we just, oh my goodness. I mean, this just, this just ignites heaven. This ignites heaven with this grace and this ability to release it on the earth. You remember when the saints prayed rightly, it says in Revelation that thunder and peals of lightning were seen upon the earth. This is what happens. Thunder and peals of lightning. Things are shifting in the spirit realm. Lord, we just ask you to lead us in our mountain of influence. Lead us. Lead us where you've called us. Lead us where you've put our hand. We just welcome. We welcome the wisdom from above. We welcome the word from above. We welcome the courage of above. We welcome understanding from above. Heaven's, heaven's decrees. Heaven's perspective. Heaven's principles. We welcome the downloads of those that we would abide in you, that your word would abide in us. And we can require, we can desire, we can set forth, we can call for that which is in agreement with you. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. I'm going to open the front. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. Ask you to come this morning and just respond. If you are here just wanting to present yourself before the Lord, to be used of Him, if you're here giving your life back to the Lord, if you're here with a physical need or an issue, the superior kingdom of heaven is here. The superior kingdom of heaven is here to touch us in our tangibility, to touch us in tangible ways, to invade our hearts with goodness from above. I invite you to come as we sing.